0: The Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch Out, 22nd of November 2021. Very happy to be back with you here on the show. Got plenty for you here on the show as we always do. We're going to be talking about political maneuvering in Sudan, where mass protests continue there against a military coup. We're also going to be talking about protest amongst First Nations in Canada against a oil pipeline. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with Burkina Faso, where French imperialism is facing significant protest activity. <laughs> For roughly five days, starting on Thursday of last week, people in Burkina Faso, in particular in the city of Kaya, set up roadblocks and mass demonstrations to block a French military convoy traveling through the country to Niger as part of the sprawling French military presence in West Africa. The protests were demanding an end to French military presence in the Sahelian region of West Africa, which consists of thousands of troops and multiple bases. Protesters challenged the contention of France and most regional governments that the foreign intervention was quote-unquote security-based, noting that despite French troops and planes, the violence continues unabated across the Sahel, referencing in particular an attack two days before in northern Burkina, where at least 53 people were killed. Reports from Kaya Saturday stated that the French troops fired into the crowd in order to move the convoy, wounding four as Burkina Faso's government forces used tear gas to try to disperse the protest. The French military denies this and claims they were only warning shots fired into the air. France is also reporting that they were able to move the convoy through another route. Sunday, however, hundreds of protesters gathered in the capital of Ouagadougou, on the road leading from Kaya, setting up their own roadblock and protest in hopes of also blocking the convoy if it came through that way. As one protester told Voice of America, quote, we are ready to burn any French material passing by. We do not need France in this country anymore. That's our will. End quote. And this follows large protests in Ouagadougou Friday, protesting the French presence and the broader French role in the country as well. The French government has also notably declared the unrest that is happening is being stirred up by Russia, without, of course, providing any evidence. In reality, anger at the French military presence in West Africa has been raging for the past year. In Mali, that anger was so intense it led to mass protests that toppled the government, and in fact remained ongoing. At the end of last month, the Malian capital of Bamako saw very large protest against French imperialism. Anger in Mali was similarly focused on the ineffective role of France and its local allies in stemming conflict in the country. Across the Sahel, there's a similar situation, where poverty, deprivation, climate change, and ethnic conflicts have allowed various quote-unquote insurgencies to take root. The response of Sahelian governments with the 100% backing of the EU and the US, including troops, planes, and drones, has been to double down on so-called military solutions. These have only further fueled the conflict as militaries in the region have become embroiled in abuses, which feed the same quote-unquote insurgencies. In Burkina Faso, in one town, from November of 2019 to June of 2020, 210 people are alleged to have been killed by government forces. In Niger, 71 civilians were reported killed after being found in mass graves in the spring of 2020. Clearly, across the Sahel, anger is rising over the lack of real solutions to the long running problems of the region. Clearly, many have identified the subservience of local leaders to imperialist agendas and the occupation troops that follow, which only deepen the social and economic problems. And they are increasingly standing up and pushing for a different future. <laughs> In Canada over the weekend, militarized members of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police stormed protest encampments protesting the coastal gas link pipeline that runs through British Columbia. The heavily armed police have arrested 30 people at the time we went to press, including at least two journalists. The protest camps were blocking construction of the pipeline and operations to build the pipeline and the British Columbia Supreme Court issued an injunction for the construction to continue, and the police are entering and breaking up protest encampments under the basis that they are enforcing this injunction. The pipeline has been controversial from the beginning, and last year, nationwide protests across the country, led by Indigenous nations, shut down huge parts of Canada's rail system, creating serious disruption in the nation's commerce. The mass uprising ultimately led to the slowing of the project as the company sought more Indigenous support, and courts ordered new environmental assessments. However, the struggle began again this year as the courts approved the process moving forward. One major issue at stake is the issue of Indigenous land rights. Large sections of the pipeline pass through unceded territory of the Wet'suwet'en people, and the issue of who has the ability to approve or block the pipeline has become crucial. While a number of banned councils of First Nations have approved the project, those councils which have legal authority established by the Canadian government are not the only leaders. There are also hereditary chiefs. The majority of hereditary chiefs do not approve of the pipeline, and they have a strong claim given that to being the individuals who have the right to block the pipeline, given that a lot of the land at issue was not ceded to Canada in a treaty, and thus, the hereditary chiefs point out, they are the lead interlocutor, not the band councils who only have jurisdiction, they say, over the land that was ceded to Canada to officially become Canadian territory through treaties. So the fight is very much about the rights of indigenous people in Canada and what leadership structures should be recognized in legal disputes like this. The United Nations Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination has sided with the hereditary chiefs. There are also, of course, the issues around carbon emissions and poisoning water supplies. The pipeline, when built, would account for 5% of the total emissions of the entire province. And the pipeline will cross just over 600 rivers, streams, and other bodies of water. And already, even by the pipeline company's own account, there have already been environmental violations that have affected 68 wetlands. It has also become a major flashpoint because the New Democratic Party, a left-leaning party that claims to be a major supporter of indigenous rights and the environment, is in the leadership of the government of British Columbia and at the forefront of forcing the pipeline through. Something that has divided many progressive forces and raises serious, serious questions about the commitment of many to truly respecting the rights of First Nations. There have been calls for solidarity from the land protectors and indigenous communities are holding strong and doing everything they can to prevent the removal of encampments and stand their ground. Given the state of the climate crisis, these kinds of standoffs are likely to continue, as many governments of the world mouth support for addressing climate change while continuing to pump fossil fuels from the ground. Over the weekend, the military coup in Sudan a turn as the ousted Prime Minister Abdullah Hamdok agreed to return as Prime Minister over a new cabinet of alleged, quote-unquote, civilian technocrats. The surprise return of Hamdak, which allegedly will also lead to the release of dozens of political prisoners taken during the coup, which was mounted in late October, has only inflamed the anti-coup protest movement, who is accusing Hamdok of, quote, selling the revolution. Tens of thousands of people continue to take to the streets starting on Friday, demanding an end to the coup as the increasing repressive measures have seemed to only push protesters even more, making them more determined. The Sudanese Professional Association, the Sudanese Communist Party, a range of other professional groups and trade unions, and even Hamdok's old organization, the Forces for Freedom and Change, have denounced the New Deal as well and continue to support mass protests. In the midst of protest on Sunday, a 16-year-old was shot in the head by security forces and later died, continuing a pattern of security forces using live ammunition, among other methods, to try to repress protest, and reports are still coming in regarding the ongoing attacks on hospitals that are treating the wounded. The protest movement has pointed out how even before the October 25th coup, the so-called civilian military government led by Hamdok and coup chieftain Abdul Fattah al-Burhan was betraying the goals of the 2019 uprising, that took down the government of Omar al-Bashir, and one interesting factor about the agreement to return Hamdok into the role of prime minister is that it includes a reorganization of the office established to claw back the plundered wealth of the country that many cronies of the Bashir government were able to get away with, and that includes this reorganization that is strengthening the appeals process, and this all follows the release from prison of a prominent businessman linked to Bashir. The protest movement is calling for yet another day of mass protests on November 25th and are demanding a fully civilian government drawn from the movement and an official role for the resistance committees and other mass organizations that have been the backbone of the struggle. One thing is clear, it's that the spirit of 2019 has been reignited and it seems millions in Sudan won't rest until the promise of that year is fulfilled. That's the punch out for today.